Welcome to In Process, the NC Dance Festival podcast. I'm Ann Morris, Festival Director. Each week on this podcast, we dive deep into the risk-taking and dance-making that characterize the modern and contemporary dance community in North Carolina. We have artist interviews, behind-the-scenes insights into the 2020 NC Dance Festival season, and fun and important conversations about dance and the creative life. Whether you're a dancer yourself or just curious about the who, how, and especially the why of dance, we're glad to have you along for this journey. This week, we're sharing short interviews with two of our current artists and residents, Jen Guy Metcalf and Brie Forbes. As artists and residents, Jen and Brie have access to a certain amount of free rehearsal space in our Greensboro studio to use for the development of their creative work during the 2021 calendar year. In these conversations, we'll hear how each is developing their artistic work, how dance communicates where words sometimes fail, the unique power of dance to illuminate and transform community spaces, and how these artists live dance in every aspect of their lives. All right, well, welcome, Brie. Thank you so much for being here um, to to chat a little bit today. I'd love to have you introduce yourself. Thank you. Um, yes, so my name is Bree Forbes. I am a recent graduate of the University of North Carolina at Greensboro with my MFA in dance choreography along with my KT12 licensure. So as you can already tell, love the dance world, love being out and about and exploring different things, taking risks and continuing to live this lifestyle of dance. Um, currently right now, I am teaching in the public schools in the pandemic. So yes, <laughs> quite interesting for us at the moment. Um, but I am loving being able to see some of the kids in person, um, being able to send them gestures of love, because of course you can't actually touch them and hug them. Um, but it is wonderful to be in connection with people in person in some ways, in safe ways. And then also, of course, enjoying this artist residency that I've had the privilege and honor of being able to be a part of for this year. So yes, those are some of the things I'm up to right now. Yeah, well, we're glad to have you as part of this uh, residency program as well. Um, and, you know, as you're talking about your role as a teacher, I was thinking, you know, dance is such a, uh, can be such a nonverbal communication tool. It's, I mean, it is so physical, but also it lends itself pretty well to those like gestures of love. <laughs> you know, I'm sure you're, you're finding ways to incorporate all of that movement into what you're, how, how you're able to connect with these kids and yeah, mm -hmm. that's great. Definitely. Well, tell tell me a little bit about how you're focusing your time in this residency. Yes. Um, so this residency has just been a great blessing to me in my life at this time. Um, it's actually been a way for me to kind of reel back in um, this habit of working on products and more so falling back in love with the process of creating again. And then also just being able to focus on creating what I specifically want to create at this time. Um, of course, this does stem from my previous work in grad school, my thesis that I didn't necessarily get a chance to complete product wise, but it has been um, in the making for a very long time. And I have been thinking about it and connecting with others and working through that process for quite some time. So I am happy to be able to continue it after grad school, um, what I was able to start, and pretty much the foundation of the baseline of what I'm working with is this idea of creating places or experiences for restorative justice to take place. So right now, there's a lot of different things happening around the world. As we know, um, there's always been things happening around the world. However, I'm wanting to take a different approach and kind of have people think about, okay, 
what is my belief about certain things? Why do I believe the things that I believe, you know? And then also what role do I play in society for implementing my beliefs and or making things better in my society or in my community? We see that there have been several harms that have been caused in society for some people the way they grew up, they may think it was an intentional thing. For others, it may have been unintentional. So how are we creating spaces for people to be able to, one, have a conversation about it and reflect on their roles and these harms that have been created in society, but also giving people the space to be able to, or I'm attempting to create a space for people to be able to think about how can I be a solution in this thing? So yes, it sounds like something that we all are already trying to do in society, but the next level that I'm really trying to get people to think about is, okay, how can we create actual networks to help people move forward where they need to move forward at? Like we say, we need to have conversations, but what networks do we need to be able to join together in order for people to have the actual resources and the actual knowledge to move forward and do something about it? So that's actually what I'm hoping to present through dance is kind of like making this an educational piece, but also a piece where people can physically have something or I guess mentally have those connections with other people to be able to move forward and do something action we're in that that phase of acting now so mm -hmm. and yeah no that's great i i think it's so important um to to investigate those ideas but also to as you're saying to provide that opportunity for action how how do you work with dance and those ideas together um you know, is there something about dance for you that makes it like a great tool for uh, approaching restorative justice? Yes, absolutely. Um, one thing I think with dance in general is sometimes we all say this, this famous quote of, I dance because I have no words, but I actually believe the opposite. Sometimes we have so many words that we need to actually put them into movement for people to be able to understand them or to be able to receive them in a different way. So sometimes you could be saying something to me directly and it could be the clearest way that you know how to explain something to me, right? It's the perfect explanation. However, because of who I am, my experiences and the way that I perceive things, I may not necessarily be receptive to the way that you are explaining that thing. Therefore, I think transposing that into movement and actually having a conversation through movement, the audience and the dancers interacting together, kind of with your gestures, like we were talking about before with the whole teaching situation, using our gestures and using our common, our commonalities of how we approach each other, that is kind of a way to open up conversation for people to kind of meet in the middle, in a sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And you work with street dance forms. Um, what's your approach to using them in settings that have traditionally not been particularly open to street dance forms? Mm -hmm. Well, fortunately, most of the settings that I have been in, they have actually been quite inviting um, of the dance forms that I particularly do. But also most of the time um, when you invite people into what is called a cipher, coming together and providing another way for people to connect with each other and be in that open conversation, most street dancers are pretty open to people doing various styles at that particular time. They're loving how people are mixing in, like, yes, their contemporary movement, of course, with your hip hop and then moving on to your various other styles. But so it doesn't really seem for my personal experience to be something that has been um, that challenging yet, 
to bring together. Mm-hmm. And I think it could be more so because of the individuals that I've been around that have been very open-minded mm-hmm. to collaborating and bringing things together. So that's pretty much been my personal experience. Um, however, you can say that there may be differences that you see when you're trying to bring that particular art form on stage, but you have um, previous concerts or conventions such as like the breaking convention that comes Mm -hmm. to Charlotte just about every year or has come before the pandemic, where you're able to see street styles on the stage and see it done so beautifully. And people really open their hearts and their minds to receiving this community or our community in a different way. So Mm -hmm. I think because of things like the breaking convention and then also various underground battles and underground ciphers that people have been able to come to more so before the pandemic, more people have opened their eyes to experiencing this. Mm-hmm. And then also you have Rennie Harris, right. our wonderful choreographer, you know, from Philly. So I think people have had the opportunity to see street dance more on the stages to where this isn't necessarily a brand new concept right. um, in certain spaces now, now at this time. It, it's still, you know, in some areas, yes, but it is more of a, a an acceptance thing slowly coming to be an accepted thing. Right. Yeah. No, I think I think you're right that it's starting to shift and and there are now so many um so many role models, I think, for not just sort of uh performing street dance in a stage space, but merging and combining street dance with other forms, you know, in a concert dance setting. I think uh it doesn't feel out of place. And I that's that's mm-hmm. awesome. I I know you've also talked about uh, in in previous conversations with me, um, you know, you don't always set your work in a stage space, right? You often um, think about how it can live in a community space. Talk about um, sort of where your interest in in placing dance in the community comes from and if there are ways or things, specific ways that you're thinking about that within your artist residency. Yeah. Um, So I would say, I guess I I have a few different thoughts to have to break apart. Um, But starting out, I would say that I personally see dance as a lifestyle, as a way of life versus it being a career or um, just a stagnant thing that lives in this one box, if that makes sense. Something that I visit and then something that I leave. I look at it as truly a lifestyle, the way that I'm thinking, the way that I'm processing, interacting with people, and then also the way that I am physically, of course, moving throughout my life and engaging with people and connecting. Um, So with that being said, I believe truly that it is taking place in all sorts of spaces and not just on the concert dance stage, right? Like there's a purpose for dance taking place in all of these different types of places. However, it kind of goes back to what I was telling you about people receiving things. Sometimes people may receive things in another setting that they wouldn't necessarily in another. Mm -hmm. Um, they may feel like that for several reasons, like I don't belong in this space. So therefore it is not for me to receive or see something in this particular place. So we need to do the work to take it to those people. And that is, if I'm saying, let's create works around restorative justice and making sure that people are able to have access to things and able to have access to the conversations and the networks, then I need to be able to go to them and serve them through that art form. So that is also kind of like a big, I would say a reason or principle as to why I am so aimed at putting these works outside of the theater for this time being. But I won't say to you right now that it will never be in a theater. I think there's purpose for it being there as well. Because there are conversations that need to be had there as well Mm -hmm. and things that need to be broken inside of the theater as well. 
or maybe embraced in a different way is how I should say it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would say it's more of the thing of what can people receive? How can people receive it? Um, where can we meet people at? But also there is important history in the different places where we are recreating realities or maybe breaking down the false realities and making mm -hmm. things visible so that people can see them for what they actually were always supposed to be through dance, through art. You know, even through the murals that we see downtown Greensboro, like people are like, oh, this changes the way that I feel and see Greensboro or experience Greensboro, right? So just art taking place in a certain um, environment can change the way people experience something and are able to see it. Yeah. And do you already have thoughts about um, how the work you're, you're focused on now, how that might live or where that might live in the community or some spots that, that you have in mind? Mm. That is hard to say right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Simply because um, prior to me being able to do the residency for my thesis, I did start uh, connecting with the Interactive Resource Center downtown. And they do serve our friends who are currently experiencing homelessness. Mm -hmm. um, and that was very important for the work at that time because my goal for restorative justice for that particular story was focused on focusing on making the invisible visible in society. So yes, of course, we see our friends who experience homelessness all the time around Greensboro or in the bigger cities everywhere. Um, however, it is a little bit easier sometimes mm -hmm. when you're just going about your daily life to say, mm, this person is here because of this, or this person is here because of that. So keep going about my business, that kind of thing. But it's a different reality when you're able to go and actually talk to them and have conversations about who these people are, what they actually truly experience, and you might be right. They may actually be experiencing that particular thing in their life because they didn't make the best of choices for some individuals. But for others, life happened to them just the way it's happening to the rest of us every single day in different ways. Um, so the purpose of being there in that particular environment was to get people to come and to actually be able to see the stories and to have the conversations, but also to find better ways to be able to help them by connecting them with different networks and organizations and providing people with more information. Because sometimes your question is, how do I help? You know, this person mm -hmm. do I, is the best way to give them money on the street. Is it, you know, <laughs> is it going to help them for the long run? So yeah, the best way was to get people in a space, have the conversation, figure out your role. How can you help fulfill this need? And then also, how can you help create a better community moving here on out? It sounds like at this point you're still figuring out what what your work is turning into. Where where does it need to be? And that that hasn't risen to the surface quite yet. There's so many ways that uh, that dance functions in in the dance world, in the theater, in our lives. Um, and I think that we often talk about dance having the the potential to bring people together. And sometimes that's just because we recognize that common humanity. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, I love hearing what you're saying about literally bringing people together <laughs> in, a, in the moment of performance. I, I think that provides these, these bonds and, and opens up new questions that maybe, um, maybe we wouldn't have gotten to otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And then there's also this thing where, when you see someone physically like going through something or experiencing an emotion, 
or a, a situation, you then start to take that on. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're just even physically in a room with somebody and you're reading their body language or you're, you're seeing them crying or you're seeing them go through something. Even just sitting still, you're like, okay, I'm feeling something here. You know, even if for some people it's awkwardness or for others, it's like, I feel compassion for you. I don't know how to help you or how to interact in this moment, but I feel something. I think dance has mm-hmm. the power to even do that, to promote mm-hmm. something out of someone you know to start that conversation or even if it's never a conversation with other people beginning that conversation within yourself reflecting is also a very important thing like it needs to start there right right do you think that there um, are ways that your work with your students helps to inform or feed your your creative artistic work I mean I know you already said that you know, dance is kind of like the way you move through life. So yes, there there are connections because it's your life. Um, but do you see any more direct relationships between your work in the school and your creative artistic work outside of that? Yes, I think kids make you ask questions all the time. <laughs> or they're always willing to ask you lots of interesting questions and you're like, yeah, I hadn't thought of that, you know? So it's mm-hmm. a different way of interacting with them. Uh, which allows me to play more creatively with them, which then transposes to or translates to my rehearsals with my dancer in the artist residency. So a lot of the times, like I said, we'll begin um, rehearsals, but I didn't say it first, but we'll begin rehearsals, ciphering together and connecting with one another. Um, and instead of her, you know, being at this adult level, kind of unlike the children where they're just like, they don't need your feedback at the time. They're very much like, I'm going to do what I want to do. Look at me, Miss Forbes. I'm cool, you know, doing mm-hmm. their thing. My adult dancer will sometimes go into the habit of, okay, what's my feedback now? And I'm like, there is no feedback at this moment in time. Like, we are interacting together. I am figuring out who you are. I'm figuring out how you move, how you want to be, how you want to exist, because we're starting with this idea of place. Right. So how are you existing in your place, your environment physically? How are you existing in your mentality, your mental place, your mental space, like your state? And then also, like, as your position as a dancer in this work right now or in this room, in this rehearsal, that is a position, that is a place. Like, how are you taking all of that in and processing that right now and then bringing that into this rehearsal so that we can move forward together in the work? So I will say the connection is mostly taking the freedom that I have and the playfulness that I have with the kids and kind of challenging my dancer a little bit more to be more playful and to release a little bit more and also just explore her own personal interests rather than trying to seek mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm really looking forward to, to hearing and seeing how your work develops over these next several months. And um, yeah, we'd love to, to have you back later on in the, in the process to hear how it's going. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) After the break, I'll talk with Jen Guy Metcalf about her background, site-specific work, and how she's living the dream that Dance Project founder Jan Van Dyke had for artists in North Carolina. On April 18th, join the North Carolina Dance Festival for a community conversation with dance artists Tamara Williams and Alexandra Joy Warren on how their work through dance builds community, works towards social justice, and gives access and voice to those historically left out. In this virtual session, held on Zoom from 2 to 3.30 p.m., 
Hear from Williams and Warren about how they have developed their practices in community building through dance and participate in collective problem solving to begin or develop your own practice. This conversation is sponsored by the University of North Carolina at Charlotte Dance Program. Visit danceproject.org ncdf2020 to register for the Zoom link. The North Carolina Dance Festival holds a monthly chat for dancers across North Carolina via Zoom on the second Saturday of each month from 12.30 to 1.30 p.m. This casual conversation is a way to check in with colleagues, get to know other dancers in the statewide community, and lay the groundwork for future collaborations and relationship building. We hope you'll join us for the next one on April 10th, 12.30 to 1.30 p.m. Dance artists at any stage of their career are welcome to join us. We'll put the link to register for the Zoom call in the show notes, or you can find it at danceproject.org. And now, back to my interview with Jen Guy Metcalf. Well, thank you so much. Um, I, like many dance artists, wear many hats, and my work um, takes many pathways. So, right now, I am an associate professor at Elon University. And there I teach dance. And um, in that program, I teach ballet, uh, senior seminar, uh, professional practices. I do research projects with students and dance for the camera, which is part of my work. Um, and that course takes place in our summer program in Los Angeles. And I'm also the founder and artistic director of Terranova Dance Theater, which I founded in 2008, just days after graduating from University of North Carolina at Greensboro. As you know, it's a rigorous, awesome program. And I was um, deep into choreography and research for many years. And then graduation happened and I took a couple days off and I I need to do something and I've always wanted to create a company here in North Carolina, hopefully um, living uh, the dream that Jan Van Dyke put into place where she hoped that there would be dance opportunities in North Carolina um, because there are so many great dancers here in our state. And I, I believe her that you don't have to leave this state to have a great performance opportunity or experience. Um, she was a great mentor of mine and I know yours. So, yes. um, uh, but Terranova Dance Theater um, is the company I founded and the name comes from Terra, meaning place, land, earth, location and innovation. Um, is where I got the Nova part. So I strive to be innovative in these spaces where I create. And that is typically the stage um, site, so in site specific work or on screen, which a lot of my work lately, like many people, has been taking place on screen. And I think that's everything. Um, <laughs> in a nutshell. I know. Well, it's a, a, a big nutshell, right? You've got, you've got a lot going on. So you've done a lot with dance film. What is it about dance film that, that draws you into it? Oh, well, I, I have always loved film. I'm a movie buff and, um, and photography. 
while I was in graduate school, I took a course um, called the Creation and Preservation of uh, Dance, in which we learned many things, but one of those things was editing. And the professors gave us some content to play with. At that time, it was Final Cut we were using. Now I'm into Premiere, but um, I was so drawn to how I was choreographing, but in another medium. So I, I love the editing process. Um, I also really love how camera, the camera can move and dance and be choreographed along with the people who are performing on screen. Yeah, so just sort of an expanded medium, right? It's, it's a different thing than, than dance on a stage, but it yeah. uses so many of those ideas and tools mm -hmm but in really different ways. Mm -hmm. You're so right. Yeah. yeah. And I know that, that you have often worked contemporary ballet. How did your experiences lead you into contemporary ballet? So I, I grew up taking a variety of dance classes at a local dance studio. And then when going to uh, high school, uh, I was introduced to um, creative practices, improvisation, choreography, composition. Um, I had intended to go on to college and, and I did do that and majored in ballet. Um, I always loved ballet, but I also loved modern and contemporary dance. And I had hoped there would be a way to blend the two. I never had any experience with a contemporary ballet class or choreography. Um, and then I was looking for a job after undergraduate school and I saw Bodyography Contemporary Ballet was right in the city where I attended school at Point Park University uh, and I applied and I got the position and I was just in heaven um, doing this contemporary ballet work um, that blended beautifully ballet and uh, contemporary dance, but our classes were uh, structured like a, a traditional ballet class. So then I was interested in finding a way to create a training system that supports this contemporary ballet um, choreography. And I developed my own class um, that does follow the traditional structure of a classical ballet class with bar and center but I deconstruct the classical form. Um, I challenge dancers with aerobic sequences that are not typical in a classical class. And I use non-traditional music. Yeah, I, I've had the opportunity to watch oh. some of your classes and take some of your classes. And, um, and they're, they're a lot of fun. Do you, you. do you teach contemporary ballet at Elon as well? I don't have a specific course, but, and I teach ballet. But there are two weeks in the beginning of the semester and two at the end where I do contemporary ballet units. And it's always really exciting because that's usually the time where students who are not drawn to the classical ballet vocabulary feel that they have an appreciation for ballet, but they can express themselves in a way that, that they didn't before and that's really exciting to go okay cool well how can you take what you have done now in the contemporary ballet and find freedom within the structure of classical ballet when we go back to that style of moving 
Yeah. And they all love the music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that's a, a nice in, right? Yes. To, to the material. How, sure. You know, mm-hmm. how do you find that your role as a professor and working with students uh, influences or feeds or affects your, um, your creative work? Oh, that's so great. I, I feel more and more these days, they, my students do affect and feed and influence my creative work. Um, I see them more as collaborators, uh, especially lately um, in the works that I'm creating for Elon University. So there are opportunities for them to um, insert their ideas within the work that I am setting on them or use improvisation within my work. So um, I am inspired by them in class for sure and and also in the creative process. You've been involved uh, with the Dance Project and with the North Mm -hmm. Carolina Dance Festival in a number of ways. Right now we're we're fortunate to have you as one of our artists in residence. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And I'd love to hear, you know, what can you tell us about about what you're working on in the context of that residency? Oh, it is just um, a great blessing. I feel so fortunate to be one of these artists who have this residency, uh, to have this space to create is just um, a, a great gift. And I found in my only six rehearsals so far, um, by myself that it's been a great time for creation and reflection and writing and developing this project that will take place over the next year. Um, But as I mentioned, I've been rehearsing with myself so far, generating a lot of movement and ideas. And I'll start working with some community dancers in the near future in April, which is just around the corner. But I had some goals in the beginning. I knew that with this pandemic, many dancers um, maybe had some performance opportunities taken away and or during the year performance opportunities they probably would have had just couldn't happen. So I wanted to provide opportunities for people in the community to have safe performance experiences. and people uh, as audience members to engage with those um, uh, performances. So I'll create a series of small site specific works around downtown Greensboro and record them on uh, film to share. Great, that's really exciting. Um, And Greensboro has so many interesting spaces too. Yeah. It sure does. I'm always inspired by nooks and crannies or big landmarks or uh, around downtown, but also the history uh, of the city. Yeah. And what do you imagine as your process? I know a lot of times site work develops in the particular site. um, Mm -hmm. And I know that you're talking about doing some movement study and research in the studio too. How do you, how do you get from the studio to your site? How does that work? That is great. I am generating some material uh, that will be a part of each of these works. It will almost be this through line between each um, mini piece. And then once the locations are solidified, 
I'll dive deeper into the history of that space. I'll also consider the architecture and the environment um, in this space, and that will influence the movement that's generated in addition to the, um, the through line, that, that theme that will run throughout each of the pieces. Um, and something that I love about site-specific work is that the audience is um, involved in a different way and you can either dictate where the audience is viewing or give them the freedom to walk around since we might not have many passerbys um, seeing the work, uh, we'll capture it on film. So I'll, I'll be mindful about camera angles and think about if I were an audience member watching this live, where might I want to see this work? So um, I'll definitely be influenced by the location in terms of how the work is uh, created with movement, but um, also the camera angles and movement that I'll uh, capture the piece with. Nice. Well, I am really looking forward to seeing how that develops and looking forward to, to checking in with you a little bit later to, to hear how it's going. Oh, thank you. I, I really appreciate this opportunity for your podcast, which I love so much, um, and the artist residency. I'm, I'm also really excited about uh, seeing what the other artists are working on and, and touching base with them more. Thank you so much for, for this quick little chat, Jen. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much to Brie and Jen for chatting with me today. If you'd like to see and hear more about these artists and the rest of the 2021 Artists in Residence cohort, We'll put a link in the show notes. If you'd like to keep up with Dance Project and upcoming festival events, please visit our website at danceproject.org. From the website, you can join our mailing list and follow Dance Project on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Dance Project Inc. and on Facebook at NC Dance Festival. Thanks for listening. The North Carolina Dance Festival 30th anniversary is supported by the National Endowment for the Arts, the North Carolina Arts Council, Lincoln Financial Foundation, Ecolab Foundation, and Stearns Financial Group. We need the support of individual donors and business sponsors as well to make possible the innovative work that NC dancers are creating, bring students meaningful experiences with the arts, and strengthen the community through dance. To make a gift to the festival fund, please visit danceproject.org ncdf2020. Thanks for your support.